when I ask people about success too, I said, you know, how did you get successful? And nobody really knows. And everybody's a different way. And the system wants you to believe there is a way. You're working hard, right? You sacrifice yourself. You adapt. You use that third superpower, the adaptation. You got to be successful. And that has nothing to do with anything. You can work not hard and be successful. Half of the world's workforce has to survive with $5.50 a day. If working hard had anything to do with success or fame, that would be totally different. It's not. Welcome to Neurons to Nirvana, a platform for creative forces that embrace the unconventional and the quest for artistry, humanity, innovation, health, and healing of the mind and soul. Join me, Tom Hartridge, on a journey celebrating experiences unbound by physical borders or traditional norms. From inside the mind to the far reaches of the universe, this is Neurons to Nirvana. In an effort to expose the true value of art, Michael McGrush joins me in a two-part discovery of humanity and the confines of systems. Michael is an outside-the-box thinker just like me, And he understands that without creativity, there are no man-made systems and there would be no world as we know it today. Michael presents a perspective on art outside of systems. This episode is a chance to contemplate the importance of art and creativity for the human potential. For more information on Michael, his art, book publications, and podcasts, be sure to listen to the second part of this conversation in my next episode. Let's dive into the conversation of art with Michael. Michael, hey, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I'm, Hi, Tom. I'm happy. Uh, good to see you. Yeah, it's good to meet you. I'm excited to speak to you about some of the things that I've read about you and your bio. And I think we're in line on a lot of things. So mm-hmm. why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from? You're from Austria, correct? Vienna. Mm-hmm. Vienna. And when did you move to the U.S.? I was about 1820, around that time. Oh, wow. What brought you here? I just didn't know. I wanted <laughs> to go to America. I have no idea. I, I, I couldn't fit in any systems, so I was completely bad in school. I have almost no education uh, that I learned from school uh, for a system, and that's actually helping me now to see things that other people don't see. Yeah. Because I've never, I was never a system navigator. So since you brought school up, I saw something on uh, your bio, ADHD. Did you have struggle with that? Yeah. yeah. Dyslexia, extremely dyslexia and dysgraphia, meaning uh, hand-eye coordination. Really? I I actually had the same thing. Um, I, my parents held yeah. me back in first grade because uh, I'm left-handed, but I had that same form of dyslexia, actually. And then I also have ADHD. You're not left-handed, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not left-handed. I was extremely bad in school. I get, also came in a, a year later. They helped me back. Yep. It was disaster. It, and I wasn't a rebel or anything. I had tutors and everything. I just, because I'm an mm-hmm. personality, I had no chance in any systems or whatever. I, I, I had no chance. It was just impossible. So, you know, you're an artist. Yeah. At what age did you become interested in art? Six years But I realized that when I was 35. So basically, to survive, to live day by day, art helped me 
to reset, to be a human being, yeah. to function. You know, to, to, you know, even if I had a stress, let's say in school, I listened to music, I painted, and it also, it always got me back into, into balance, into being a human, right? Being a living being and not a living doing. And I found that 35, because the system, you know, I call systems, companies, states, school, religion, everything is a human made system. Since in art, you're not called an artist, and that's why I think almost all artists never call themselves artists till they are established by the uh, system. And we have never defined ourselves either. So most artists have, you know, Michelangelo worked for the first system. Uh, Mozart worked for a system. At night, you play music or you paint the Sistine Chapel. It doesn't matter. Something. You do something. You get food and, and bored. And, and we have never learned how to define ourselves. And what's so critical, I think we have touched a little bit about it before, is artists are 97%, 95%, 97% of artists worldwide live on the poverty line. Everything that we experience is created. It's, it's a creative from a creative muscle. It's not just, oh, you go to school, you learn how to create. No, it's a creative muscle. So you, nothing that is created, you learn in school. You learn the direction, but you don't learn the, lear, learn what's created. And at the same time, every war, like Syria, look at the recent wars, Syria, Ukraine, is the first thing that's attacked, cultural and art. So if in the society, art is not valid, either by the systems, nor the artists haven't even started to, discover their, you know, what it is good for. And that's where I come in. That's why, what I discovered in my last book, The Smart of Art, that there's two systems. There is one is the creation, that's the power. And then there is the product that's like a bicycle. So you like it or you don't like it. The only difference between the bicycle and a piece of art is that art is a conversation with your non-physical you say I have this inspiration. I want to do a podcast, right? Or I have this, you know, whatever. So you have you, you have an inspiration, and then you have to bring it into the physical. So you have, for example, this microphone. Somebody has another microphone. Vicky told me that you you, you have to go in your apartment because the dog is at home. <laughs> so all these things you have to align your vision, your inspiration, creatively. I mean, you could just say makes no sense and do whatever I do, <laughs> but you, you, you align, you have a conversation. So your product of what you do right now, that's a manifestation of your inspiration. That's a difference between art for art's sake. It has no purpose. So when people pay a million dollars for a basquiat or more, they look at the art and they realize the conversation is so true. And it was very true because Basquiat was, was a disturbed human being. He peed on paintings. He did all kinds of stuff. But it was so true. It was very true. I really dug his work. Exactly. Definitely at that period when he was discovered, so to speak, Samo was a street artist and then became friends with Warhol. I loved his work more than I liked Warhol before. The, yeah. You know, and of course, they did the collaboration in 85. But I want to circle back to what you were saying about the percentage. Why do you think that's going on with artists and creativity? Why are so many artists? Because we have never defined ourselves. If you go to a plumber, you say, why am I playing you five grand? 
And the plumber says, I'm going to do a toilet. I'm going to do a, a shower <laughs> and I'm laying, laying those pipes. And this is my, so it's a definition in a system. So it does system work, but it is defined. Mm -hmm. So artists ask an artist, why you, why you, why am I paying $5,000 for this painting or for that music? And the artist says, oh, um, I got, a, I was nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> I, 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 I was at the MoMA. I, I, I almost got into this thing. It's, it's a non sequitur, the, these things. They don't say anything. Because we have never defined ourselves, also humanity is not aware about uh, art. So I know people that, that spend a million dollars on a wing of a, of a museum and then ask you, why did you spend so much? I, I, actually, <laughs> right. I, I know somebody that made a museum for 80 million or something. And I said, why are you doing it? Oh, it's art and I love that period or whatever. It, it's never... There's no answer really. So my answer would be Well, they have the money too. <laughs> I, I know, I know, Tom, but 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 the, the thing is we we have not defined why it's important, but look at this, look at the facts. So 95% or over 95% worldwide are poor. Everything that's created is creativity. And the first thing what we do is when we have war, we destroy cultural goods. And, 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 and museums. So there's something, a mis disconnect and a misunderstanding. It's almost like, you know, we want to create a metaverse, but we are in a metaverse. So, You're right. it, yeah. it, so we are in the system. We live humanity through systems. And it's almost like that's why Disney wants to uh, redo our racism or whatever. Because there's racist things in there that it, that are not we are further now we are not anymore like where we are. So now we have to edit our history. But art and creativity is the most objective history. It's not written by the victor, right? Yeah. So that's why I think we need to enlighten. We need to be conscious. It's a consciousness issue. It's nothing to do or make. It's just people. That's why I'm doing a lot of uh, podcasts worldwide. I wanted to say. We have to define that because what art does is also brings humanity together. So art, for example, yeah, when you... Totally, yes, it unifies in the world. And it's a form of language like music. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, the tragedy has been going on for a long time. I mean, Van Gogh, I think he sold one piece of art for 200 francs that I recall. It's funny. I sold a, a painting. I sold paintings for $11,000, but I have no idea how I did it. See, that's another lie. I, I didn't know what I did right or wrong. People just liked it or they, they felt with that and then they, they, they bought it. Because when I asked people about success too, I said, you know, how did you get successful? And nobody really knows and everybody's a different way. And the system wants you to believe there is a way. You're working hard, right? You sacrifice yourself, you adapt, you use that third superpower, the adaptation. You gotta be successful and that has nothing to do with anything. You can work not hard and be successful. Half of the world's workforce has to survive with $5.50 a day. Yeah. If working hard had anything to do with success or fame, that would be totally different. It's not. And I think art, when you go to an opening, there's everybody's inclusive. It's inclusive. Every race, every gender, every political party, and everybody like is there, every sexuality, poor, rich, and the funny thing is the people don't talk about business. They say, oh, you want to talk about business? Here's my number. Call me tomorrow. 
because I did the research in, 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 in museums openings. And the people really just mingle. They're just together. The Republican with the Democrat, the, 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 the rich with the poor. It, 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 and, the, and the funny thing is nobody looks at the art because it's just the environment, the magic that that humanity, that reflected humanity gives you. It puts you in a space where you can mingle and like, like what we do not right now. We just talking, yeah, a conversation. And it brings you into humanity. And that's why I think art is the steward of the being of human being. So we are the human doings. You need systems, right? We do the the do for systems. Being human and and keeping that going for the next generation is art. And when you destroy, for example, Syrian art, what you're doing is you take away our consciousness of where we came from. We have to have an access at least, even if you're not interested, it doesn't matter, yeah? So, but, but we but have an access and say, where did we come from? Wh- what was then? And not just saying what systems say or the victor wrote 50 years ago. We need to see that for the next generations too. And when we destroy art that is old, we take it more and more away. And then only the system documentation of the victor becomes the source, and that is distorted. So, yeah, it's the systems, but there's always been some sort of caste system or whatever yeah. if you go back in history. But what is the most glaring, in your opinion? That's human against human. That it is human against human. That's not the system. It's just an expansion. It's just, you know, a tribe is good. And there's a scientific research that says the perfect size is 150, you know, for a tribe. Yeah. And so when when it gets too big. So you and I want to do a garden, right? We want to handle a garden. So I go there, you go there. Sometimes we go together. No, we don't have to have an agreement or anything. So, but when our families go in and all of a sudden there's 200 people wanted to be in that garden, you need to have a schedule. You need to, you know, not everybody can grow the same things. And then you need a court, you need a board, you need all this stuff. And that's where people automatically hide behind systems. So they use their power trips. I want to be the biggest one in a tribe. I get slapped in the head. But in a system, I can manipulate the system to out you, for example. And that's where we hide. And and, And we need to be aware of that, that systems are not above humans. Nike didn't give birth to any human being, nor did Apple, nor did United States, nor did Russia. They are all systems so that we can interact and they should give us safety, support, and peace. That's why we create a a system. Yeah. I mean, I read, again, uh, something you said that we're in a consciousness crisis. How in the hell hell are we going to get out of it? You and I doing the right thing. The systems are so limited. We don't see, we see systems as the godly things. Systems are limited. Look what they did. When the king was there, right, the king and, and, and thing, we separated ourselves in genders because the system was so primitive. It says, okay, we need to separate woman and man, right? And then they say, oh, my God, what? We're going to take over all this country. What are we going to do? Oh, we're going to put them in races because systems are human-made and they're very limited. They can never promise what a human can promise. They can never keep it. They, they never do. Uh, the, the banks, look how many banks need to be bailed out. We don't see that it's so limited. We are so in it 
that we don't see it. That's why it's a consciousness crisis. Look at it. And it's not the bad system. It's not the bad IRS. The IRS has on the other side, humans also where the kids, they have three kids, they need to create a system that works, right? And then we, we pay all the money to have navigating the system that we don't pay the tax. So it's human against human. And we waste our life force, our, our living on navigation or maintenance. And it's, it's insanity. It is absolutely <laughs> insanity and it's nobody's fault. See, the, the thing is, it's nobody's fault. People want to blame, but it doesn't go away. If I say it's your fault that our world is this way, it doesn't make the world better. Because I've no, it just creates more turmoil and, and anger. I shame you. I shame you. You shame then yourself. It is it, a is a perpetual uh, downward spiral. It's a vicious cycle. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. So that being said, podcasts are the last frontier, or it feels like it to many right now, because we get to say whatever we want <laughs> technically, and nobody's coming down on us and saying you can't say that. Thank God. You know, I don't have, we don't have. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be inhumane because you can, you have to communicate to somebody. True, but look, I mean, it happened all the time in, in the 20th century. It's happening in Russia. It's happening um, still. They're censoring people. We are not against anything. So if you're not against anything, I'm for something. I'm for humanity. So how can humans say you cannot talk about humanity, about the power of humanity? I think that's the death of any system. If the system says you can't talk about systems without humans, there is no systems. There is no China or whatever that comes down to you. <laughs> it, it is totally dependent. And that's why I'm saying we're in a conscious crisis. We, if we are aware of this, we say, hey, we humans don't need the system in this. Not that we're against system, not that we close it down, but we have to make it human adaptable and not human system adaptable. The fear of AI and robots is insane. It's the fear is that humans turn into AI and your robots, which they do already. Well, this right here, this is an extension of most of our bodies. Yeah. yeah. In a way, we are a cyborg because this is people can't. And I'm guilty of it a lot of the time. Like we can't be far from them or it's constantly in our hands or in our grasp. But to connect ourselves, see. I think if the system then says, oh, all the kids are screwed up because they're always on the iPhone, they are human. They want to connect. We are herd animal. We are inclusive. We want to we wanna connect. And that's why we're on the iPhone, iPad. Now we were separated through COVID, you know, and, and the stuff is even more separated. So we want to connect more. It's not the technology's fault to use technology to interconnect to co-create, like you and I, you in Chicago, I'm, I'm in, in Southern California. It would be such an uh, effort to, to, to go to you or you come to me. Obviously, it would be better. We are aware. It would, I would prefer that personally. Absolutely, <laughs> me too. I would absolutely prefer that, but it can't. And so you do the best that we can. So we limitless humans to figure it out. And and and, and that's what, what, what is important right now. All these podcasts, there's millions of podcasts is that the desire that human wants want to not a system information, but they want to relate. See, the relatability is so important. Humans, if I say, oh, you screwed your left hand and you're, you, you're a horrible person because you're left hand <laughs> and you're yeah. dyslexic, which is- That happened. That, that happened to me. 
so you're weird. You're off. You're not the norm. But there is no norm. Show me the the normal person. It's a delusion. It's the same delusion that we say in systems now that we grew up to. Every day should be sunny. It's not sunny. Every day isn't sunny. It, it is a guidance that it, it rains, that we can appreciate the sun, that we uh, hot, cold weather. It's the experience of humans. You can't take that away. And that's what we need to be aware of, that we are limitless. And as long as we living in the metaverse and experience humanity in that metaverse of so systems, we are not humans. We are not, we are limited. We have a limitless soul and a limitless capability. Yeah, we're isolating ourselves. Yeah, but we don't know because we are adaptable. So we were saying, if you want to be successful, be on social media. Artists are the best social media people. They were at the beginning, they had no ch chance. They're poor now. They make less interesting products, but they are on every site. They're better than any small business uh, on their social media, also social, whatever. But they're not doing what they're supposed to do, good art, right? And that art should be discovered and appreciated. And it can't happen because the most life force they spend on is on social media and marketing and you have nothing to market. What, who wants to see more? I love this thing. Um, it just promoted NFTs and yes. through NFTs that you can be part in movies. And I think Gary V did that. Did that. And, and I wrote, we, we don't need more uh, program programs. I mean, uh, people, uh, what do you want to do? The half the whole humanity plugged into Netflix, uh, you know, uh, half of the time. It's so much more fun to co-create. To co-create, to actually create a, a not something to relax, you know, just Netflix or whatever, Prime. We wanted to create a human potential, like what we're doing right now. We're looking at our lives and saying, let's contemplate this. And out of that talk, and even if people listen to that, and I hope they listen a couple of times to this episode, so that really takes hold of it because it's an, a reconditioning to raise our human potential. The human It's about the human potential. It's not about the system, more systems and, and better the systems or whatever. That needs to be done too. But it basically is using the life force to cr create the best thing that we can, that we don't exploit our planet, that our, the arrogance to say, you know, I don't care. In 20, in 20 years, I'm dead. I don't, I don't give it, you know, I just, and our kids, who cares about the kids? Our kids, kids. Oh, it's not, a, you know, it's kids. Oh, they, they get through somehow, but their kids might not. And they're, you know, what would you do that you enjoy this life here on this planet? Like you're going on an island and nobody else can enjoy this island. Nobody. You're going to Hawaii, you, you exploit it and you leave dirt and trash and everything and says, you know what? I had a great time. I don't care if my kids' kids have time. Or, or it's an arrogance. It's a complete. Well, damn! Look at the ocean. Look how much I, I know. trash and plastic. We there's like a there's this giant island of trash that's yeah. just floating around. On somewhere, I saw something that we still put uh, sewage in the, the oceans. And in Singapore, they use the whole trash. They do it in one day. I mean, this is how effective it. And they compact it and the thing, and it is there. Uh, everything is pristine. They they totally take trash. That's a 
exemplary and human potential where you use technology. There's no uh, emission, supposedly. I don't know if that's true, but I'm just saying there's no emission. And they created a man-made island of the old trash, of the of the uh, ashes of the old trash. And, 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 and there's no gases, there's nothing, and they, and they just use that and... It's it's supposedly amazing. I mean, they show pictures. I don't know. You know, we are so influenced by what they say it is. But I'm saying this is this is everything is possible, but we choose the shortcuts. We need to be very very clear. Systems are very limited. Every the best system in the world, everything is very limited, and humans are unlimited. Our power is in balance where everybody contributes to the whole. You exist, and the, the, the elephant is not worth more than the, than the ant. It, it, it is, they, were, they, they are valuable because they exist for whatever, whatever they do. And if, if I'm just saying the best example is, if you go to New York and there's a homeless, or Chicago, there's a homeless on the street in the center of the town. Look how many people he affects without people looking away, whatever. But they have a human interaction with that homeless person. So the homeless person serves a purpose, you know, and, and it doesn't matter if you like it. And you, you mentioned ambiguity. Ambiguity is a part of life. It's not sunshine every day. And it, it, it is for us to get in balance, for us to perhaps I should think about me potentially get poor too, but me, you know, uh, whatever that says, I don't know. We don't have all the answers. That's another thing. We think we know everything. We know nothing. I don't know anything. I observe and tell my observations, but I look, I have no education. Your book, The Smart of Art, you have four other books. What are yeah. the premises and what are they about? Uh, so one, I did 300 paintings in three days because I was curious and I documented that, and that the, the the paintings are in that book. It's it's also good for people that want to do. It's called imagination, and it's it's three hundred paintings. It's two hundred seventy five paintings. It's good for your creativity. They have uh, unique uh, titles, mm -hmm. and if you can see that, so so to help also, it's it's a co co thing. I did it initially, the three hundred paintings, and other people liked the three hundred paintings, and I loved what I loved about that was. I was imagining that the more paintings I do, the less creative they get. And they actually got more creative because I'm opening the flow to my limitlessness. And the later... Consciousness, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, oh my God, three days, it's going to be... I don't know what I'm going to do the second day. And it just came out, came out, and came out. And so I put it all in a book. And that's the one book. Then the other one is a, a screenplay. What is that book called? Sorry. It's called Imagination. Okay. It, it, you get it on, on my michaelm.com, you know, Michael okay. Israels. Yeah. You get all the books, everything on, on thing. The other one is placing art because people don't know how to place art. <laughs> Everybody's talking and, and in school they teach you stuff, but even in school they don't teach it correctly because there is a human way. And I, I tell you the whole book. If you can walk into the painting, if you feel you can keep walking into the painting, it's correct. And you will not be intimidated if you hang it low, but when it, there's a certain height and you can, everybody can test that themselves. You pull, push a painting up 
all of a sudden you you're disconnected from it you pull it down you connect to it and the best is if you could just keep walking in so then you connect to the painting because uh, your senses are aligned to the creation so so people never explain it like that they never they say oh there's this 65 inches you know 70 inches and, and all that stuff and you need to be so so much from each other it has nothing to do with anything <laughs> well more ambiguity then <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so you touched upon it earlier i want to political correctness which what are your thoughts on that and uh art i mean it's another metaverse I wrote in the, in the Smart of Art, look at that article. Uh, actually, I'm going to send you, let me see it politically. I'm going to send you that chapter. It's another metaverse. It is, first of all, systems have made us diversify. Race, sexuality, gender. That was a system-induced symptom of our systems. They got too big and they had to handle gender, race. across and categories. Exactly. And sexuality, you see... What the great thing is with sexuality, you see how fluid we are. So it, yeah. it all of a sudden, there's, there's not just a black, white, Asian, whatever, uh, red. There is all of a sudden a million sexualities. The system has put ourselves in these boxes for God. I know. I and now the greatest thing is when the system then gets its own dynamic like society, and says you and actually gets human that i mean the drive is correct in political the drive that we do political correctness is correct that's a human thing and says why do we even diversify between woman and man for example in holland there are more women ceos than men it the pendulum and you know there's women that are more masculine than any man can be and there's men that are more feminine than any, any woman can be. So sure. we are all fluid. It is not about right, wrong, left, right. It, it just is. It just is, you know? And so what if we just say we are human, all human, understand that our power is in the togetherness, not in the separateness, and try with, with each other. You don't have to hug the person. You don't. It's like an art painting. And that's why art shows you always the human. An art painting, it doesn't matter how much you did this conversation with your unseen self. If you're indifferent to it, you're indifferent to it. If you don't like it, if it makes you scary, it's okay. <laughs> exactly. that, it's preference. It's your choice. Exactly. And we're all entitled. We're all allowed to have our own feelings and emotions exactly. and expressions. But we, yes, I mean... I could now, freak out here. I could totally freak out. Do it. Um, no, I mean, but the thing is, you have the tools inherently in you to handle me. And you think, see, this is what humans do. They think there's systems tools that they have to apply. So if you have a fight with somebody, you both have the inherent tools to come back together because ultimately we all won. It doesn't mean you have to love each other and hug each other. It's it's either or no. You have the tool. So if somebody, I mean, there's bar, you know, bar people that the bar owners, right? Of course. They, they, yeah. they don't have security, nothing. That guy is the owner. He knows he has the tool. He doesn't, he's not strong or anything, but he knows there's a drunk human and that's a distorted human. He can handle whatever happens in that bar. 
And then you see bars where there is security everywhere. There are systems. Bars and bars, yes. Bars and bars. There there is security everywhere. And we say now the norm is that you have security, and and now it's demanded from systems, that we, which is every time a shaming on humanity. Yeah, I mean, and to your point, in all honesty, for me personally, that causes more anxiety when I see that shit. Absolutely. It makes me more uneasy when I see all these. It's just like and, it's and it also now because it shows you you are nothing. The system is what is important. Laws, uh, uh, everything is important, and the last and we just need you to fill the space and pay money. That is the the, the worst. <laughs> the more you go into systems and you don't trust the inherent, see, we lost the trust in our inherent ability to have a discourse. Please be sure to join me next week for the second part of my conversation with Michael McGrush as we amp up our passion for art and creativity. Also be sure to check out the show notes for links to Michael's website and his podcast, The Smart of Art. I'm always grateful to share these wonderful guests and experiences with you. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Tom Hartridge, and this is Neurons to Nirvana. Nirvana.